If something's free, why would you turn it down? I mean, a free haircut from a five-year-old. <laughs> oh, no. Or a free sample of onion paste. Oh. <clears throat> well, then, how about a free tour of your neighbour's new shed? Oh, sounds, well... Mm. OK, look, they were bad examples. But how about a free eye test and free glasses from the 69-year-old range of Specsavers with your PRSI? Well, that sounds like something to smile about. Book an appointment or find out more at specsavers.ie. Hello there, it's Michael Lester here. Now, in this episode, we're going to go back in time to those dance hall days, the golden era of show bands. You know, so many fabulous outfits entertain people the length and breadth of the country. And one of the top show bands of the day was Sean O'Dowd and Dingaling from Limerick. And I am delighted on this occasion to be joined by... Sean O'Dowd. Sean, it's great to see you. Thank you for joining us to reminisce, I suppose, on those great days. Yes, thank you, Michael, for having me on this show. This is a great opportunity to spill out my guts to people <laughs> all about the beginnings yeah. of, of, of my life and the show bands. I'm a show band child. My mother, Lord of Mercy and her Phyllis Clancy, had her own band. And uh, I just... Uh, was looking at an ad there. Uh, she used to play dances from nine to four in the morning. And it was 1943, which was pregnant with me. Yes, yeah. And a big accordion hanging out of her. I was born in Jamestown, a little village between Carrick and Shannon and Drumsna. And we lived in Drumsna. My father was a school teacher, principal up in Drumsna National yeah. School. And uh, that's basically where I uh, started. I remember sitting on the floor in the sitting room with my mother and her band rehearsing. Yeah. 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 And they would have saxophones, trumpets, uh, double bass, trombone, and she played piano, of course. She was the rhythm section, really. <laughs> and uh, they used to get their parts from England and songs. I can remember them sitting down and I was baffled with some of the songs like she'd sing them straight away off the sheet, off the music sheet. And yeah. one of them was, uh, you can't be true to two, true to two, true to yeah, two. Yeah. You can only be true to one. I didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> it sounds like that. Yeah. Points in a fountain. Yeah. All the old stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I remember sitting on the floor listening to this. And that's probably how it started. Oh, there's absolutely no doubt, I suppose, with that kind of background. I suppose, Sean, it was either a choice of, of being a teacher yourself or something, or yes. following the music yes. trait. That caused war in the house. <laughs> Dad wanted me to be a teacher. My mom uh, would love if I was a teacher plus a plus, musician, yeah. so I didn't have the, the inclination at all uh, to, to go there. I mean, I remember what changed my... I was on the road being a teacher. I was, I was studying a bit. I was actually applying myself for a change, and... I heard this explosion on the radio and it was a Thursday night and at the time we lived in Cox's Cross yeah. uh, and I used to have to stand up on the washing machine to listen to the radio yeah. because we had a visitor every Thursday, Mrs. French. She was a friend of my dad's, so the radio had to be turned down. Right. Uh, but I heard this explosion. Since my baby left me, I found a new place to dwell. I heard Elvis Presley, and I yeah. said, my God, 
what is that? Who is he? Yeah. Changed my life. Yeah. Instantly changed my life. I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's how I uh, started from Cox's Cross, really, standing on the top of a washing machine, listening to Elvis. I suppose, Sean, probably around that time, there were a lot of people like yourself that Elvis just simply descended upon, if you like. You were fortunate, though, in the sense that you had a voice. Well, I used to try and sound like him and sing like him and look like him and walk like him and talk like him. I mean, he, he did. He, t- he, cons- he took over. Yes. He changed the whole world. He changed, he changed the appearance. He changed the way fellas dressed. Mm. You know, I mean, it's hard to change the way fellas dress, but he changed their hairstyle. He changed their clothes. He yeah. changed their whole outlook. You know, the teddy boy thing grew out of it in mm. the 50s. You know, 50s and then into the 60s, of course, and then the Beatles broke, which changed things again. But Elvis was my man and still is. Yeah. yeah. So from, from hearing Elvis, from being a fan uh, of his music and music, what was the step that took you into the show band scene, uh, the music business? The music, the step was, uh, there's a little town hall in Carrick and Shannon and a show came there. And it was Paul Golden's show. Mm. And he always had a talent contest. And myself and my sister Phyllis, who lives in Galway, uh, decided we'd go into the talent contest and we sang Ebony Eyes, an Everly Brothers song. Yeah. And uh, we won it and we got the huge money. We got a half crown, Yeah. which was brilliant for us. And that was the start of me singing. Yeah. That was the very first time. And then from there, I was in a, a local band, Frank Murray's band. My mother played in it at one stage. And then I decided I wanted to go big time and form my own band. Yeah. And I had a band called the Tell Stars. Yes. And uh, the Tell Stars, uh, we decided we needed suits. And you had to have suits if you were a proper show band. And my dad saw an advert on paper saying there were show band suits for sale. Apply to Ben Dolan Mullingar. Yeah. And they were, the suits belonged to Joe Dolan and the Drifters. And my dad drove me up and we, he bought the suits. And there were red, big heavy red suits. Yeah. They were the, probably the first suits that the Drifters had. So... Uh, we didn't know it at the time, but Joe Dolan went on to be an international mm. superstar. He was only breaking then at the time. Yeah. So they couldn't afford new suits without selling the old ones. So Shawnee, no doubt, ended up in probably <laughs> Joe's suit. <laughs> yeah. Little did I know that uh, I know, we'd yeah. become great friends after. Sure, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but you were, you were just starting off, Sean, at a, at a very good time in Irish music because all of that showband scene was beginning to develop and and take off. Yes, it was it was beginning to get serious because yes. there was the ballrooms were being built, they were being purpose built ballrooms like the Reynolds chain, you know, mm. and mm. Uh, uh, Con Hines had a, a ballrooms circuit, and uh, you know the Royal Showband were breaking hugely at the time. Uh, they were probably the biggest thing at the time. Like everyone talks about the Clipper Carlton. But the Clipper Carlton weren't exactly uh, a, a show. Well, they were a show band, but they weren't 
the big stand-up, catchy, yes. jumping around the place, yeah. show band, exciting thing. They were much more musical. Yes. Uh, if I may say so, they were much more musical and they were more serious musicians, whereas... Uh, the well, show band guys were just putting on a show at the beginning. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; there were great musicians in the show bands yeah. as well. But uh, but Brendan Boyer, Brendan Boyer, for example, was a real uh, um, front man there, yeah, artist kind of. You know, yeah. I mean, he was he was giving us, you know, what what Elvis was giving them in America. Yeah. You know, and we uh, he was blowing our minds as well. I mean, crowds. 40 deep up around the stage clapping for five minutes after he sang the holy city at christmas time yeah. or he might sing love thee dearest or you know bring yeah. the house down with a big ballad and then he'd go into his elvis routine and then tom dumpy would sing if i didn't tom. have a dime and electric you know yeah. the crowd going berserk <laughs> and uh, standing ovations and tom dumpy trying to announce the next song <laughs> and you know he the crowd would keep clapping and Boyer was a shy person and he'd just try and acknowledge it and get on with it. But, uh, he was shy, but he could perform. I mean, he knew how, oh, to, he knew how to sell it. Yeah, yeah, he really knew how to sell it. And then, don't forget his great voice. Yeah. Massive big voice and a great range, you know. And uh, he was uh, a legend, I yeah. suppose, you know. I mean, we followed him everywhere, you know. Drum Shambo, uh, Ruski would have been huge sure. for his, in his ear Longford Arms everywhere all over the west of Ireland and if we had someone that had a car and the Royal were playing we were there this is before I started yes the band yes. you know I've been 14 15 years of age you went dancing then yeah. oh yeah you know, no drink yeah yeah no drink dancing so yeah I would say the Royal Show Band was the first big one for me that really made me interested and then um, after that I joined Kevin Wood's band from Drum Shambo and they were on an English tour and that was my first time in London and I saw the bright lights and I said this is where I want to be Sponsored by Expressway With My Expressway free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. So I came home, told my parents I wanted to go to London. And of course, they were very upset, I suppose, but they never stopped me to do anything yes. that I wanted. Never. Only encouraged me, which was great, because that's the kind of... A family I grew up yes. in, very loving and very supportive. And uh, they probably were saying, he'll be back in a month, you know. But <laughs> I didn't come back. Yeah. I, yeah, I spent a few great years there in London. I was with uh, Lee Lynch from Ballinasloe, Lee Lynch and the Blue Angels. And then I went on to Chris Lamb and the Universal All-Stars. Mm. Chris Lamb, his brother Bobby, was a very famous trombone player in Dublin. And... Uh, 
then uh, the, the, the tours, <clears throat> the bands were over on tour, and Donny Collins from Askeaton yeah. was on tour. And uh, he was playing in the, in the ballroom in, in Hammersmith, uh, trying to think of the name of the ballroom. It wasn't the, the big ballroom, and it was an Irish ballroom in Hammersmith. Mm. And he was on tour, and he saw me there, uh, and he just spoke to me briefly and asked me my name and where I was from. And probably six months later, I got a letter from my parents said that there was a Mr. Collins from Askeaton inquiring as to how he could contact me, that he might have a job for me. And I wrote back, there was no phones. Yes. I wrote back to my parents and said, well, if he sends me my fare, I'll come home. Yeah. Uh, a nice way of saying I was broke. Uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> he said, uh, so yes, he said, um, do that. And I came home and uh, I did an audition in Gertie Madden. Gertie there was Madden. a marquee in Gertie Madden in County Galway. I know it. I know it do well. Do you know it? I do, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, that's where Out I East did Galway. my audition. And I went into the marquee, and uh, the marquees then were massive. Mm. And uh, the band were set up because they knew there was an audition on, so they were set up early in the day. And there was another chap sitting on the bench. They were all benches around like yeah. firms, as we call them, sitting there. And I walked over and said... Uh, how are you? He said, yeah, I'm here for the audition. I said, oh, so am I. So we sat and then he called the first guy up and he went up and did his thing and he uh, he sang my prayer. He sang a Danny Boy and I think he sang Please release me, let me go. I'm not sure. I think he did. And then he took a trumpet out of the trumpet case and blew a beautiful trumpet solo. Mm. And I said, now, if you have any pride or doubt, go back <laughs> out straight away, get into the car and drive home because you haven't a hope of this audition. So uh, Donnie said, all right, young fella, you're next. I'm walking up the floor. I've remembered a little story I heard from... Little Richard, and I think it was Little Richard or was it Jerry Lee Lewis? Jerry Lee Lewis was doing support to Chuck Berry, and Chuck Berry wouldn't let him top the bill. He said, no, you're going on before me. And he said to myself, uh, Jerry Lewis tells this story, yes. he said, I'm going to wreck the stage. That'll be Jerry Lee. Yeah. That'll be Jerry Lee. And uh, so he did, and uh, I said on the way up, don't start trying to compete with this wonderful singer. Do your thing. Mm -hmm. And I was a jumper around her and an Elvis yeah. person and shaking and the whole. So I went up and I sang. The guy said to me, what are you going to sing? I said, whole lot of shaking going on. Uh, and I knew the key in C. And I proceeded to jump around the place like a lunatic. <laughs> I remember Austin Graham, Lord of Mercy on him. He was the main man in Donny's band at the time, reaching out his hand and holding the speaker because <laughs> the stage was shaking. Yeah. And then I finished on a big jump up into the air and down on my knees and ba-boom. Yeah. And there was silence, pure silence. And I felt so stupid. <laughs> and then Donny Collins said... Uh, uh, okay, uh, do you sing anything slow? I said, uh, not really. I said, yeah, I know one song. I said, um, and I, I prefer uh, pop stuff. Yeah. He said, what pop stuff? I said, like, you know, big time operator. 
Zoot Money and the Big Roll Band, I think they were. So they knew it. Okay. Yes, yeah. because they kept up to date with the charts. So mm, I did that. Yes. And then he said, what about a, a slow song? And again, I was going, ah, <laughs> you know. Well, I do. I said, I know you win again. It's a Hank Williams song. So I sang that. Uh, so down the two of us sat. There was a big huddle on the stage uh, in Gertie Madden yeah. uh, with Donnie and the band. Then he walks down the stage to to both of us and the other singer's name was Dave Cody and Dave Cody went on to play with Brendan Boyer in Las Vegas mm. and become famous himself over there with his own band yes uh, <clears throat> and Donnie said I'm going to do something I never did before guys I'm taking the two of you right so that's how I ended up in Donnie's band and it was a nine piece band at that stage yeah. with two trumpets, two saxes and it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And I was three years with Donnie and uh, Donnie decided to change direction and go with the big band mm. story. Uh, and so he did that and I moved on to uh, a small group with the guitar player from Donnie's band, Liam Foley, who passed away recently in Cork. Lovely, lovely man. Um, <clears throat> a great guitar player. And so we had a little band in, in Limerick doing functions and weddings and all that, kind of, making more money than I was in the show band. But Sure. Anyway, uh, fr so from there, I started hairdressing. And I qualified as a hairdresser. Yes. And Margie Kinahan, uh taught me how to put me through the course on the whole lot. And just coming to the end of it, Tommy Drennan had left the Monarchs and he was forming his own band. I'm now, I'm now at 1972, yes. okay? I'm moving into 72. And Tommy Drennan coming up January, February, was forming a new band. And uh, his roadie at the time, Paddy O'Connell, came and said, I know a guy who'd be great for this band to do the pop stuff, Sean O'Dowd. He's singing in a little band out in the Green Hills Hotel in Limerick, and mm. he does stuff. So he approached me and I said, yeah, I'd love to get back into it full time. Joined up uh, Tommy Drennan's band, and we had a great three years from 72 to 75. And Tommy decided to retire from the show band scene and go into cabaret and i said this is my chance to form my own band yes problem was michael i didn't have any money <laughs> so you needed money for pa for publicity oh, for wagons for blah 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 so i knew a bank manager called carl shanahan from tsb long ago and i approached him and he said <clears throat> Yeah, I'll back you. He said, I'll give you a checkbook, but I'll monitor every check you write. And he said, if I see anything that isn't for the band, I'm going to stop the check. Yeah. He said, do we understand each other? I said, yes, I do. We got going anyway. I had, I handpicked the band. I had Dennis Allen, mm -hmm. who we're still great friends with, mm -hmm. Nolo Tool on trumpet, Pat McDonald on saxophone, Bobby O'Driscoll, on bass, Tom Frost on drums, Reno Grady on keyboards, and myself on lead vocal. Mm -hmm. um, and we were a smashing little pop band. We were young, fresh, uh, all good shapes, good hairstyles, 
we were kind of, I, I wanted a kind of to go poppy. Yes. You know, yeah. Get, get away from the showman thing and be more glam rocky poppy. That kind because of, that's what was coming in at the yeah. time. Yeah. So you had to follow the trends. You had of to course. Follow the trends. And that's, then we would discuss a name for this band. And uh, we tossed several things around. And Dennis said, you know, uh, my ding-a-ling, and something clicked and said, ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling. And we kept saying it to each other, you know, Sean O'Dowd and ding-a-ling. Not Sean O'Dowd and my ding-a-lings, just Sean O'Dowd yeah. and ding And we mulled it around for a while. So I rang my dad, and I said to him, I, I'm going to call my band ding-a-ling. Oh, my God, he says, <laughs> Monica, my eldest sister. He called her, called her to the phone. Sean is, don't do that, Sean. Sean is going to call the band. I could hear him in the distance. And Monica going, what? Ding-a-ling. And of course, Michael, that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that reaction. Reaction. Yeah. So she rang my other sisters. I have five of them. I have four now. Lord of mercy on Margaret. She died last year. Um, uh, and it was a chain, chain reaction thing. And it spread through the show band word like wildfire. It was kind of a bit outrageous and a bit risque, and you know, it was sort of my ding-a-ling, double yeah, meaning yeah, kind of yeah. thing, which, it, which is just, it's only a bit of fun, you know, it's not yeah, yeah. nothing yeah. Uh, gross about it or anything like that, at least I hope not, but, <laughs> uh, it, but it did the job. Just going to make another adjustment. Dancing in the moonlight. Is that better? It's cut me in its spotlight. It's all right. Dancing in the moonlight. Free hearing aids with PRSI at Specsavers. Music to your ears. Find out more online. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 